Hello and welcome to Whitlit, the Funny Books podcast. I'm Lily London, I'm an editor at Vintage Books, and I want to take reading a little less seriously. So uh, in each episode, I interview an author, comedian or publishing person about their favourite witty literature. In this episode, I'm with the very cool Joanna Lee. She's not only an agent at Curtis Brown, she's also a poet and poetry critic whose writing has been featured in publications such as The Guardian, The LRB and The White Review. In this conversation, uh, recorded before lockdown and uh, when poetry retreats were a thing, we talk about some of Joanna's favourite witty poetry. We ask, what is there in common between poetry and jokes? Can serious art be silly? And when you die, do you get to reunite with your lover's toenails? Hope you enjoy. Hi. Hi. Who are you? I'm Joanna. Really? In one of my hats, a writer, reviewer, poetry enthusiast publishing person general book fan yes general (laughs) book fan i salute you i am a general book person um i work in publishing formerly at favor and favor um, and currently as an agent assistant at curtis brown very big (laughs) you were saying that you went on a poetry retreat recently it was i don't understand the concept of a poetry retreat so i am part of this very wonderful scheme it's called the ledbury emerging poetry critic scheme (gasps) and it's run by sandeep palmer and sarah howe basically about redressing the racial balance in poetry criticism Mm. so disclaimer i'm not white (gasps) most of poetry criticism is Mm. white Mm. and that leads to a lot of kind of insensitive criticism and lots of you know um it's just not what you want so they founded this really wonderful scheme to kind of mentor and um support emerging poetry critics of color and as part of that, I was in Ledbury over the weekend, just thinking about poetry. Wowee. It was great. So one of the findings was that in the LRB from between the years of 2011 and 2018, um, they had 86 reviews by 32 critics, and all of them were white. <gasps> So, oh boy! You kind of think that the culture has changed and it's moved on, yes. and in a lot of ways it has. But you know, it's oh, there's a lot, there's a lot of work to do, and the scheme is really wonderful in addressing that. Yes. Do you ever write? Um, bits and pieces. I would never call myself a poet. Mm, um, mm. A hobbyist. Why do you think that is? It's quite grand, and <laughs> it's not something that. I maybe one day I'll step into those shoes. Wow. Do you think that being a critic is an easier label to assume in some way? Uh, no. I would also not Mm. really refer to myself as a critic. Really? Just like chatting to you. Like, no, no, I wouldn't. Hello, I'm Joanna, I'm a critic. No. No. I think there's something about affixing the formal label Mm. of that that's Mm. quite daunting. It's not a verb anymore. Mm. It's Mm. an adjective. Mm -hmm. (gasps) <gasps> too much wow too much uh, tell and me I, about poetry <laughs> <laughs> but I think especially in the context of poetry because um, 
as I'm sure we'll go on to speak about, poetry is so often seen as so serious that that becomes extra daunting mm. because you're giving yourself this status of authority in a field that is perceived to be quite academic yes. and <clears throat> quite um, inaccessible by a lot of people, yourself included, I think. Oh, 100%. I'm terrified <laughs> of this stuff. I, I'm very scared just of you holding those slim little books. <laughs> I feel like they're laughing at me already and not in a fun way. Um, I think the way that I view it is that the great joy about poetry is that it does so many unexpected things with language. Each word that it employs is thought about, each line break is thought about. You can read meaning into any any one of those things. But in a kind of way, it also exposes fallacies in language and like the way that words how do pun and have double meanings and how meaning isn't always stable, even in the way that we communicate in our day-to-day lives. And yes, that is scary. But also day-to-day communication can be silly and funny and it's not such a scary thing. <laughs> Give me an example then. (laughs) (laughs) Prove it. So, Joe Dunthorne, I think, is a wonderfully witty, wry kind of British poet and is writing, I think, I think probably there is more funny American poetry than there is funny British poetry. Interesting. Um, But this is a prime example of one. Um, So, I am going to read you. Yes. A poem. (sighs) called I Decided to Stop Therapy. I decided to stop therapy because I was perfect. And how might your perfection appear to others? Classic my therapist, missing the point completely. It's just so neat. It's just so neat. I love it. You know, the kind of context in which you you reach that as part of a poetry collection in a Mm. lovely Faber and Faber poetry edition. If, for example, you were to see that and you're scrolling down your Twitter feed, mm. and you were to see that as a tweet. Mm. Or in a video in the fringe. Exactly. If Or if someone were to say it during conversation, it's one of those things where as soon as you start to analyse it, mm-hmm. you sound like a moron, and you tear it apart. Um, and actually, what's so good about that is obviously how it just encapsulates everything in itself. Mm-hmm. Um Although maybe I shouldn't say that to a critic. How do you feel about... Um, <laughs> have you ever reviewed or criticised something that, that is humorous? And how did you find writing about humour without sort of killing it? Um, so I wrote a review of this collection by Jane Ye. It's called Discipline. I think what it is to be funny is also multifaceted and interesting. Mm. Again, a, a sort of high horse I'm dying on with this podcast. But um, <laughs> that, like, I think that sometimes people view comedy as the easier option. Mm. That, that, that comedy is easy and tragedy is hard. Mm-hmm. Because tragedy is serious and complex and mm-hmm. interesting and mm-hmm. it's complex and it makes you think. And comedy is somehow this Lovely. very easy thing that you, you fall over mm-hmm. on a banana skin kind mm-hmm. of vibe. I, I certainly feel like I cry at things more easily that I laugh mm. at something, as in something, a joke has to be a lot of things at once, mm. including unexpected. Mm. And, you know, we're all consuming a billion things at once. What can surprise us anymore? That poem. <laughs> <laughs>
our lives aren't separated into two binaries yeah. of like something serious and something yeah. silly. It just exactly. doesn't work like that. Exactly. Um, and there are so many like when you can be crying with laughter. Mm. There are you horrid laughter when you respond yes. to something very tragic with this kind of very visceral laughter. Lines between those two kind of physical responses are not as clear cut as you might want to think. Yes, completely. But I want to know more about why you find oh, no. poetry so scary. This isn't how it works, Joanna. I'm the host. I get to ask the questions. Um, I think I fear that it will somehow show me up. Mm. I fear that someone's going to be like, Lily, you just, you just haven't got it. Mm. You're so stupid. You haven't... You... Yeah. And I think I also do definitely have a feeling that poetry takes itself very seriously. Mm. And I think, as someone who's really marketing themselves on, <laughs> on not full time funny gal, <laughs> I have a feeling that it's a sort of world that I wouldn't belong in. Mm. I think I view people who are in the poetry world, no offense, <laughs> as I somehow view them as being quite other to me. Um, not in a bad way, I, I completely feel like there's a pedestal up to the poets who mm. live on this kind of black polo-necked cloud that I could never reach. Yeah, yeah. I think that there are a lot of kind of people who don't really read poetry and see it as something that is very serious mm. and something that is always kind of very serious, but there are lots of even kind of poetry collections that I really like the kind of very existence of which means that they don't take each themselves seriously. Mm. Um, like spam zines. They have this poetry anthology which is called about Love Island season four, which is just called On Paper. You might read it through once and find it funny and then read it through the second time and find it desperately tragic. And those things like aren't... when people meet me. <laughs> <laughs> Where would you recommend I start? I think smaller presses, I find, are doing kind of more interesting things with poetry mm. these days. So, mm. um, If a Leaf Falls Press, uh, kind of chat books that run to kind of less than 50 pages and there will be less than 50 copies of them in the world ever, which is lovely. Um... Oh, you're so coterie. I'm so <laughs> fangirl. Um, and so one of the poets that I was on the residency with at the weekend is called Nasser Hussein. And when you Google Nasser Hussein, the first, the most notable person that comes up is the famous cricketer um, who has written an autobiography called Playing With Fire. <laughs> And so Nasser, the poet, has written a pamphlet called Playing With Playing With Fire by <laughs> Nasser Hussein by Nasser Hussein. I love it! So it just kind of plays with the autobiography. and Plays? Plays. And there's a lot of, like, playfulness with kind of his poetry and... And I don't think this is the only example of playful poetry. I think it... This is the one. Uh, this is the, the <laughs> one the playful poetry in the world. Um, very limited edition. <laughs> um, he very interestingly takes bits of the autobiography and by placing it in a different context, by placing it within 
the context of a poetry chapbook says, mm. well, what does that do to this? Suddenly, all of these different meanings mm. from something that was quite funny kind of bob up in the, in the language. Mm. Mm. A bit like, okay, here's a poem. Here's some poetry that this gal can actually... <laughs> Metaphysical poets. Wow. I know, it's so <laughs> Throwing silly. it back. Really. I know. But so, like Andrew Marvell. As about as GCSE basic as we can get. I but I, I love them. Yeah. I love them. And, you know, we're thinking, done. Poetry is a space where you can be like, oh my God, imagine. <laughs> Wouldn't it be so silly yeah. if this was actually the way that this worked. So if sex was actually like a flea. Mm. And for me, the ways that you basically riff on that, but that actually throws up stuff where you're like, oh, actually that is making me view this thing in Mm. a completely different way. Mm. Didn't he think that when you die, all of the little bits of you, like your hair that you might have shed or like your fingernails, are going to, like, come back to each other. That's what the relic is about. Oh, wow. Um, and the relic is my very, very favourite Dunn poem. I'm so glad this has gotten to Dunn. I oh, know. How is everything? Who'd have thought? It's because he's, like, the only poet I've ever read anything by. And also, he's, he's pretty good. Mm. I think. Even if he's a bit over... Over... Um... Oh, come uh, on. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, so the relic. <laughs> so the relic is this wonderful poem about Dunn's crazy idea <laughs> that when you die, all of the little bits of you that you shed in your life come back. So the central idea that runs throughout the poem is when someone comes to dig up my grave, um, what are they going to find? And so he's saying to this woman, why don't you tie a lock of your hair around my wrist because when we decompose, those, my wrist and your hair are going to have to find each other again. So in death, we're going to come back together. <sighs> Which is like, it's quite done being sweet, cute in order to have bonkers. sex with someone again. Exactly. <laughs> As with many metaphysical poets. As with many metaphysical poets. Um, so he, it's like, when my grave is broke up again, some second guest to entertain. For graves have learned that woman heads to be to more than one a bed. And he who digs it spies a bracelet of bright hair about the bone. Will he not let us alone and think that there a loving couple lies um, who thought that this device might be some way to make their souls at the last busy day meet at this grave and make a little stay? And it, I think it's quite lovely, but it's mm. also... Bonkers. What it's are we not gonna romantic do? anymore, Dan? No. <laughs> Come shag me with yeah. <laughs> all of your dead hair and my massive nails. Oh, it's so hot, I can't. It's just, it's just on judgment. I'm day. getting so blushed. What a day. Yeah. This kind of poetry, I think, has become funny mm. in context. Like, it's funny to us now. Yes. Because, like, can you believe, like, some fuckboy. <laughs> Talking about times where you try, like you, if you don't fuck me, the worms will get you. Yeah. Like, so... can you imagine, like that, because those same constructs of, like, purity and virginity and courtship, don't apply in the particular time and society that we live in, and that's what makes it funny. Maybe for you, Joanna. <laughs> <laughs> You're I just very waiting, much uphold waiting. myself to those standards. 
Mm. When you said um, that you fear that you won't get poetry, I feel this so deeply that I that I fear that I will read a poem and just like not get it. And it's not any less valid a reading for you to read a poem and say, I find it really funny. Yeah, than it is for some someone to come up and be like, oh, well, these post-structuralists. <laughs> I think that re- being able to read a poem, technically, there is there is definitely a value and a joy to that, which mm. I like. I love like kind of being able to look at a poem and pull apart what it is that mm. makes it feel the way that it does. Like, like I don't know, I am sort of spondy or trochate, what, like whatever. Yeah. Just trochate me, whatever. All of those things that... I am just but, makes me think of cats. Yeah. Yeah, also valid. <laughs> um, Tell me about your orange book. So my orange book is Ilya Kaminsky's Deaf Republic, which on the surface is not very funny at all. Um, It is this incredible, beautiful piece of art that is kind of a puppet show, a drama, and it has, you know, dramatis personae, or like characters, I guess, that recur throughout the thing. And it is kind of about what we do in the face of totalitarianism. Deafness metaphorically, deafness kind of physically, like he's a deaf poet. Um, so there's a poem in this collection called Still Newlyweds, which is in amidst all of this tragedy and weddings in the midst of the war and brutality and unfairness and people not listening to the things that they should do. There are kind of pockets of real pathos. Still newly at words goes, You step out of the shower and the entire nation calms. A drop of lemon egg shampoo. You smell like bees. A brief kiss. I don't know anything about you except the spray of freckles on your shoulders, which makes me feel so thrillingly alone. I stand on earth in my pyjamas penis sticking out for years in your direction sweet and it's silly yes it's silly and we and and, yet and yet it's like still touching and it kind of goes into that seriousness and it feels poignant because Mm. it is in the context of I, i think the poem that comes after it is called soldiers aim at us oh god emotional dexterity that this Mm. collection has is one of my very favorite things about and I, I think that it doesn't have to be even necessarily representative of, mm. a, of a bigger thing, but that kind of, like, acute observation. Yes. And I guess that is what poetry and jokes have in common. Ay. Is observation of something that we didn't realise we had in common. Yes. Wow. God, I put that Tied so succinctly! So oh my God, well done me. Almost like you're a podcaster. Oh my God. Do you have any great wisdoms? Any great truths? I think in a way, with metaphor, there is always something a bit funny about stuff turning into other stuff. Mm, mm. Or using stuff to think of as a prism to think about other stuff through. Yes. Um, and that kind of metamorphosis is a characteristic which I think is peculiar to both 
literature, poetry, and nightmares. Mm. <laughs> I love where this is going. I really, really thought that you were going to say poems and jokes. And then I mean, also <laughs> jokes. nightmares. No, I think my, my, my parting piece of wisdom would be don't be intimidated by something that you think you have to take very seriously. There are lots of levels on which you can meet a poem and none of those are necessarily more or less valid than the other. Things should be more silly and fun. <laughs> Edit that Edit. every five seconds in, <laughs> just constantly. Thanks again to Joanna and to you for listening, even though I'm sure you have much better things to do. Um, I'd also like to shout out to the excellent Reuben Baverstock, who has been uh, a lovely listener of this podcast since the beginning. And also shout out to his mum, who I believe has been forced to listen along in the car. So thank you both. And also, hi, how are you? Um... In case you're in the mood for some witty reading recommendations which are not poetry, um, I do have a few which I've really enjoyed over lockdown. Um, First up is Someone Who Will Love You In All Your Damaged Glory by Raphael Bob Wakesberg. Um, So these are ironic and bittersweet short stories from the creator of Bojack Horseman, Um, also one of my favourite covers, so I'd really recommend those. Uh, And then there's Paul Takes the Form of a Mortal Girl, by Andrea Lawler. Uh, I'm late to the party with this one, but um, it's really fun. It's it's an exhilarating queer romp through gender and sexual fluidity set in 90s New York. Uh, and lastly, a classic, um, The Black Prince by Iris Murdoch. Uh, this is a modern day Iago who, who bets that with just a few lies, he can make all of his friends hate each other. Uh, I'm a big Iris Murdoch fan now, Uh, I'm working my way through her list and and each one is better than the last, so I'd really recommend those. If if you've read something witty recently, uh, I'd love to hear about it. Uh, I really have no life at the moment, so please get in touch. Uh, You can find me at witlitpod, uh, or or on Twitter at lily underscore linden, or Instagram at bookiemabookface, which was once funny. Thanks again uh, for listening to this, Um, see you soon.